This is a hat trick podcast. Oh, lovely. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Do you remember your sex education? Was it helpful to you? Was it filled with scientific information? rather than real, practical advice. I'm Degree Waits, and this is The Real Sex Education. Every other week, I'll be joined by a guest. We'll impart our own sex wisdom, ask our own sex questions, and we'll go over all the things they don't teach you in school. But in order to do this, I need an expert. A sexpert, if you will. But the only sex and relationship therapist I know is my mum. Hello, mum. Hello, Diggs. In this episode, we speak to Florence Bark about her breakup. So I called him up on FaceTime and I was like, it's making me miserable and I thought I could do it. I'm sorry, but I can't. One of her favourite therapeutic techniques. I think it's something that I revisit quite a lot now. Like if I'm ever in a bad place. And the one issue with talking to your friends. You do get so much input from everyone else that sometimes you forget what you feel deep down inside. Hello and welcome to The Real Sex Education. I'm Degree Waits and I'm joined as always by accredited sex and relationship therapist Kate Campbell. Hello mum. Hello Diggs. Each week mum and I give sex and relationships a good going over with a guest and this week is no different. We're very glad to be joined by Florence Bark who we'll be speaking to later about breakups which to be honest mum I think is an area of sex and relationships that we don't actually speak about all that often. We're so sad. Yeah 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 it is sad. So as a therapist do people come to therapy a lot in the wake of a breakup. Yeah, they do actually. Mm -hmm. Mm, That's quite common. And particularly when they feel very negatively positioned by it. Mm. So sometimes people are more interested in having a relationship than the quality of the relationship because they feel if they've lost somebody, then they're not a good enough person. If you you can't keep a relationship, there's something wrong with you. And and sometimes they're reading things into everything the other person has said Mm. and they're they're looking for signs that they didn't mean it and they're going to come back. And actually you say, what were you getting out of the relationship? And they say, oh, nothing. It was really, really horrible for ages. And you, why do you want it? And so in that sense, like sometimes the therapy for them is you being like, by the way, you know, this wasn't the end of the world that you broke up. And no, no. And far from it, as I'm always saying, you know, often if a relationship's been really good, it will allow you both to grow and develop. And maybe you'll grow and develop in ways that mean you don't need this relationship anymore. You've got different challenges that you now need to pursue Mm. with someone else. And you can split up. But we're so obsessed with saying people have to you know, if you, if you get on, you have to stay in a relationship. Relationships have to be forever. It's the, you know, look for the one, the one. Mm. And maybe, you know, for some people, there isn't the one. Um, 
the the one you is is the person that you're with when you've done everything you need to do really yeah so when we say our oh, breakups are terrible they're not always terrible not at all no and mm. many relationships that break up have been hugely successful and you can say yeah that was a really a really really good relationship much better than a lot of relationships that stay together and some of the most toxic and abysmal relationships are the most stable in that they will keep going for years and years and years and years and years because the couple aren't having their needs met they aren't managing to do the things that they need to do developmentally and so they have to keep pursuing them through the relationship and that's not a great relationship you wouldn't call that successful at all is there a relationship checklist that i can sort of be like right is my is my relationship doing this that and this and if if there's something that if there's a chain in there that's broken or if there's something that i haven't ticked i need to be like hmm is this cause to break up or cause to fix it? Is there like a few things that you... Would there be a little checklist? Well, I wouldn't go looking for reasons to break up, but um, but certainly, you know, red flags are things like having to walk on eggshells mm-hmm. and not to be able to say what you're thinking without worrying about the effect it's going to have on the other person, whether it'll make them angry. Mm. Um, and I don't mean say what you're thinking in terms of say something horrible. You know, if I think your hair's bloody awful and I say your hair's bloody awful, you know, that that your no I like your hair that's very um, kind yeah but I'm not your partner so yeah, yeah. you know um but you know some people feel they have to be really really careful about what they say and they walk on eggshells and they're worried about what their partner's going to say and their partner's inconsistent and some partners are great and very loving and wonderful and thoughtful at the beginning of a relationship but they make it harder and harder to get that sense of being loved and cared for so you have to try harder do more Otherwise, you might be insulted or called a name or something like that. That's not okay. Mm. That sort of thing isn't okay. Yeah, well, th- that kind of reminds me of love bombing. Have you heard of love bombing? Yeah, that, that is love bombing. Yeah, yeah, where someone's really nice at the beginning of a relationship. They like f- like shower you with compliments. They ca- and they say they love you really quickly. All that sort of stuff. Mm. And then you're like, oh my god, this is amazing. Like this is great. And then after a while, all of those that starts going away, and they start being a bit more. They just don't do it neggy. less or even worse. They start being neggy. And then you start mm. being like, oh, but you were, you were loving me before. Maybe if I do what I did before. I want that back. It was nice. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, that would be a cause for concern and potentially break up. But some people are always, always assume that they've done something wrong. And so they're looking and they're, and they're looking and they're going over and over the relationship, looking to see what they did wrong to make that person leave them. And often they were just going to. And, and there's so much ghosting these days and people trying out lots of different parts and you know and maybe just taking a bit of a break from one and have you know and trying out a different one that's going on all the time so mm. and then if, if, if you're going around worrying that you've done something awful when actually this is nothing to do with you it's just just the way this person is you, you know you could really end up beating yourself up and feeling really bad about yourself when there's nothing wrong with you at all mm, mm, exactly well To talk to us about this in more detail and all things breakups, writer, director and host of the Love High and Fucks Given podcast, Florence Bark, is here with us now. Florence, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Um, So, Florence, just before we get into it, for people that don't know, can you tell Mm -hmm. us a bit more about yourself and what you do? 
Well, for the last seven years, I've been working on a sex education platform with my friend Reed, and that then transformed into a podcast called Fucks Given. So we've been hosting that for the last three years, and I have just launched a new podcast called Love High, which is more of an in-depth exploration in love mm. and relationships and all that stuff. Because this is what we're going to be talking about today is breakups, and that used to be a podcast if I'm not mistaken, called How to Heal a Heartbreak. Yes, yeah. So I've mm. kind of transformed it. It's evolved. Let's take it back then to when you started that podcast and just, I guess, that that breakup in general. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, we're get, hopefully we won't have to dig up too much of, of it, but give us an idea of, of what happened and where you were at that time. Yeah, so... I started a relationship at the beginning of 2020, which as we know, was when the pandemic started. And I started seeing someone virtually right at the beginning of that. And mm. it created this weird kind of super deep, intimate relationship that when we were actually met each other, like a month into sort of seeing each other virtually, I'm guessing that the relationship was just way more intimate and close and ex like intense because of the situation that we were going through. Mm. Um, and I, I had previously been, I had just gotten out of a relationship at the end of 2019. So I wasn't really ready to fall in love again, fall mm. back into another relationship. But I did and I fell really, really hard in love with this person that I had like the deepest connection I have ever experienced in my whole life. It's like, wow. I thought sex was good. And then I had sex <laughs> with him. And yeah, I was yeah. like, I feel like I'm transcending into like a universe, like galaxy every time we fuck. And it, <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was very good, which made the, the relationship super, super intense. But we were both kind of like, I don't know if we're ready for a relationship and he kind of kept that storyline even though we fell in love he was mm. not ready to be in the relationship and I I'm always ready to commit to people that I fall in love with because mm. I'm I, I like committing to people <laughs> <laughs> like I like relationships if I love someone I'm like yeah I'm gonna commit to you for as long as it it is really mm. so it got to a point where he wasn't really able to give me what I wanted in the relationship, which was some form of stability, certainty. Mm. Um, I wanted him, like, you know, I, I needed in my heart to know that he wanted to be with me and could see me in his life in some kind of way. And mm. he wasn't able to give me that. And he felt really rubbish for not being able to give me that and being stuck in his place. And, you know, that's his stuff. And, that's okay too. Like it's okay for him to be in that place. I don't blame him for being in that place. It was just really poor timing. Mm, mm. So when you broke up for the first time, how did you? Were you? How did you go about dealing with your ex? Were you like, we we're not going to speak at all. We're going to cut you off entirely, sort of thing. Mm. Or how did you go about it? I don't think we spoke. Yeah, we definitely didn't speak on the phone anymore. Um, mm. I remember going to Brighton to stay with my mum for a little bit. And then when I was down there, like near the end, we had a phone call. But after that, I was like, okay, we need to cut this off. Mm. Like, because mm. I'm not going to be able to heal if I have you in my life. So yeah, we started this um, three month silence container, as I called it. I, I like learned it on another podcast. And I was like, right. I like that. I like yeah. it. it feels safe. It's contained. And also it means that I can get out of it if I want to. Mm. And um, so, yeah. So, yeah. Cutting off and going into that container of silence was really beneficial. And I mm. think that 
personally, I think getting into that space to work on yourself is really, really productive. Mm. Um, I think if you tapering off or having the communication here and there kind of like has, it's like you've got these strings attached to you still and you're really able to work on yourself if you've got them kind of a little bit there like the doors slightly open still Mm. Mm, yeah exactly there's that pretend hope isn't there there's that oh well maybe maybe and what does that mean when he says that what does it mean yeah it's comforting but also you are sort of doing damage to yourself Mm. by doing that and like you say not able to properly move on Mm. yeah well i was talking to someone about it the other day and she said something about um it being like a little act of like serotonin that you're getting your brain desires mm. that communication with them mm. and it knows how happy you felt when you were with them so it's like you know just go on like if you reach out to them you get like a little bit of that serotonin and you get a little bit of that happiness and then obviously ultimately it makes you feel worse because mm. you're you are broken up like that's not your reality anymore um mm. but i think that's what we get when we kind of hold on to an ex. If you're really in heartbreak, I think it's different if you've broken up from someone and there isn't really heartbreak. But yeah, it was, it is hard. Like when I look back at, at that relationship, I have such rose tinted like glasses for it. Mm. Like I'm like, wow, it was amazing. All of this. But you know, like at the end of the day, like it was ultimately making me unhappy because I was in love with someone that didn't commit to me, mm. which is hard. Mm. But everybody Mm. needs one of those relationships. I think if you don't have one, Mm. it's a rose-tinted relationship to to carry you through. I think we need them apart from anything else for confidence because whatever your relationship's like now, you can say, but I can do the perfect relationship. I had it once. Yeah. But but this really reminds me of something that, Mum, you said before when in my tale were breakups, but also just when we talked about breaking up in general, like it's something you talk about all the time where when you break up with someone, that's not like this terrible, awful thing. It's sort of like, that relationship has served its purpose. Yes. And you will now grow. You're now the person that you were supposed to be now the relationship's over, if that makes sense. It's like uh-huh. a big learning experience. Well, I, th- I think it's true. I mean, if the relationship was good enough, you'll change as well. And yeah. particularly when you're locked down, you don't know how you've changed. And that's another reason mm. why it's so important to put that distance between you so that you can discover yourself again. Because otherwise, half of you is still yes. projected into the other person and you don't, you don't mm. know who you are. And I think that's yeah. why people feel so confused, so lost. It's so awful. But you've done it all right. Yeah. Although like I still had a really hard time with it, letting go. Mm. And I was thinking, cause I love like, this guy is amazing. Like, and honestly we were best friends and I was like, I really would love to see if we can just be friends. Mm. And, um, a couple of times we hung out and it was like, why am I feeling like really confused, miserable again? And why am I dreaming about like, in my dreams? He's like popping up being like, we're back together. Yay. Mm. And then like, what? and then obviously waking up and I'm like, this is really confusing. Cause obviously I can't be with him. He's now seeing other people. And like, I'm trying to see other people. What is it that I actually want from him in a friendship? And I think like at the end of the day, when I was really, really honest with myself, I was just like, I still love him. And mm. I still kind of want to be with him. Mm. So I called him up on FaceTime and I was like, we, we can't be friends. Mm. We, we can't, like, I can't do this. It hurts. It's making me miserable. And I thought I could do it. And I'm sorry, but I can't. And that's a huge thing, though, is like the sort of closure of it, I guess, as well. Is that, mm. and it, I think what's so interesting about 
how to heal our heartbreak and and the video diaries you did as well is that like you're really good at feeling the feelings but step taking a step back and looking at yourself <laughs> and going mm, i'm feeling this feeling why yeah. am i feeling that feeling which i actually i don't know whether we will do and it's actually this part of me where i was i thought to myself i was like shit i need to do this more often this is amazing like and so that's why i think there was a in a moment in particular where you were like okay i've cut contact I'm not doing anything. I feel really like I just want attention. I just want people to, to like yeah. speak to me and stuff. And it's like, but and then instead of being like, you're like, and why is that? <laughs> you know, which yeah. is which is something that I'm really I love. I love. I'm like I'm so jealous of. And I'm like I need to start doing that more myself. I've got a ther- really great therapist. <laughs> oh right, oh, really? okay. Well, that ta- also he has helps. taught me a lot of stuff. He's a sex and relationships therapist. So yeah. everything's just so on point with like all of this stuff, and mm. that's really how I've learned to be that retrospective exactly yeah and and inquisitive yourself which is great i feel like it's a good point to talk about one big thing about breakups which is support networks Mm -hmm. and obviously within that you have i guess like family friends and then obviously like therapists and people like that that you can turn to so talking about family you had your mother on to speak to you (laughs) she was yeah she was on the podcast yeah exactly and so I was like well I've got to listen to that episode of your podcast because <laughs> obviously of our situation but I mean one thing as well that, that your mum said which is the best thing in the world you know you talked about how you know you met this guy because he slid into your dms and she was like oh did, did he put on your shoes <laughs> yeah. and, and you're like no no it's on on instagram uh which is the sweetest thing and it's so great yeah, it's but, so good so I guess, yeah, if you were to give advice to people out there, you know, would, is that was it really helpful speaking to your mum about it? I would say talking to people is like, well, actually, it can be the best and the worst at the same time because mm. everyone's going to give you advice. If yeah. you're going to talk to someone, they're going to put in their two cents. They're not just going to listen to you. Mm. And sometimes you're not ready to hear what they say to you. Yeah. So I think pick and choose the people that you do talk to because you can kind of tell, I think, like what their advice is going to be. But um, well, people have all got breakup mm. platitudes, haven't they? I mean, hopefully no one said there's plenty more fish in the sea, but somebody usually does. <laughs> they, yeah. They always do. Yeah. yeah. The time one as well. Oh, yeah. Time's a great healer. I mean, mm. yes. Very true. Things yeah. do get better with time, but it doesn't help in the in the long no. run. I think my practical advice would be journal. Like mm. that's the thing that really, yeah. really helped me the whole time. And I didn't really journal before this last heartbreak at all. So it was really new, really different. And I started off by just like writing like little lists. And because I was feeling so unhappy, I started off just by writing a list of things that made me feel happy. Mm. Like the small mm. things. Like because at that point, I was like, hardly anything. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah exactly. Yeah. It was just, a, it was like, I don't know, getting a tattoo, driving, when my plants grow, like small things mm-hmm. like that. And then you can start thinking about, okay, so how can I action that? Let's, let's do that thing. Cause I was like, I knew that that would make me feel good. I just needed to see the world again mm. and experience like new things and what life is outside of the little bubble that you were in, in your, in your relationship. Mm. But yeah. Writing things down. I also did like video journals and voice memos, basically getting everything that's in here in your head out mm. somehow. That's actually a therapy thing where you, where you say, where you say to, yeah, yeah, where you say to people, make a little video for yourself where you, when you're feeling okay, that tells you, this is how you can feel. This is, you are, this is Mm. what you can do. At the moment, you're not feeling so great. But at other times, you're going to feel the way I feel now with the way you feel. Yeah. But getting people Mm. to make it and to get it out, some people actually quite like the feeling down. 
and that find it quite mm. useful and they don't want to be reminded it can be okay. And it's generally mm. because there's a part of us that says, well, so what's wrong with me then? So the shame of having been dumped is is keeps people down. They don't want to yeah. they don't want to come up from that because then if they're coming up they have to acknowledge that they feel it and lots of people mm-hmm. don't want to so they stay down and it goes on and yeah. on and on. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, it is really uh, tough. Yeah, mm. when I was back in one of those waves on Valentine's Day yeah. when I had all those emotions come up again, I was like, you know what, Florence, you vlogged your whole healing journey on YouTube. And I sat there and rewatched wow. all of my vlogs wow. to remind yeah, yeah. myself of how far I came. Exactly. And I was like, mm. look, you did that. Mm. You Look how happy you were. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's so useful. And the being curious is, is you know, oh God, I mean, every therapist will say, just be more curious. Just don't just accept what you're thinking. Yeah. Question it. Why are you thinking that? What's brought it on today? What could, what could make a difference? Mm. It's just so <sighs> vital. Yeah, actually, that's one piece of advice that one of my best friends gave me is that she's just like the why ladder. Always mm. go back to the why ladder. So like mm. this, why? And then why? Mm. And then why again? And then you get to the root of yeah. it. Yeah. Mm, mm, exactly. Well, that, yeah, as I say, that for me is the big takeaway from your videos and stuff. I'm like, you're very good at the why mm. ladder. And I feel like I need to improve <laughs> on that myself. But looking for meaning is really important. You know, so yeah. I feel like this. And what does that mean? And what does that say yes. about me? Mm. And what does that, because when, yeah. when you know what you're dealing with, then you can deal with it. But what yeah. people want to do is run away from the feeling. And they do that usually by scrolling through their social media and stalking the other person, which just mm. makes things worse instead of saying, oh, I wonder what's going on here then. And what, why am I feeling like this? Am I feeling like this because it makes me feel this? Have I ever felt that before, et cetera, et cetera, as you know? Yeah, 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 so important. Talking about the therapist as well, and I, I'm i picking this out in particular because I remember you saying it, is that one of the things your therapist said, like, and, and it's, it's a concept that I, the reason I'm bringing it up is for you, Mum, because we've talked about this before, and it's the parts of yourself. I mean, I'm speaking on behalf of you, Mum, but that, that's it, isn't it? Like, you, mm. you know, sometimes with your clients, you're like, right, let's identify different parts of you, and then we'll interact with them. Mm. And one of the parts of yourself is obviously the like little version of you, the kid yeah. version of you. Yeah. And it's a concept that Mum and I talk about a lot. <laughs> And it was so, so when you mentioned that your therapist said that and was like, you need to, you know, have a little conversation with your little self. Like, what, mm-hmm. what are they up to? Are they, make sure they're having a good time as well. Like, give them a hug, all that sort of stuff. And so you were like, and then, well, so, so during your breakup, was that one of the things that you did? Yeah, I feel like, especially when it was that first time where I was like, really kind of, whew, okay, cool, confronted with all the, these like new feelings. And mm. that really echoed in my head what my therapist said. And I was like, hey, cool. What does little Florence need right now? Mm. And so I really played into that. And I think it's something that I revisit quite a lot now. Like if I'm ever in a bad place, I'm like, what does she need? I have a cuddly toy. I'm not afraid mm. to. So that it, yeah. it, it came everywhere with me when I was traveling because it gives me that like comfort. And mm. I don't think we should ever be like ashamed of having something that comforts our inner child. Absolutely. Because we're all just children inside. Mm. Like we've, we've all mm. got that in a, in a child. I actually... um. I ended up taking my like inner child out on like a little walk once and I was like I was just imagining like me younger self I was holding her hand and we walked around the park because she needed it Mm. Mm. and 
Even though that sounds kind of crazy, it was really, really nice. <laughs> Doesn't sound crazy at all. It sounds really, really sensible. And you don't even, in fact, need to go back to the tiny child, although that's really useful whenever you're scared or you feel terrible, always yeah. go back to the baby or the young child. But you can also, now you're here, you could go back to the person who had the breakup and you could see her the day after the breakup and you could go back in and comfort her too. And you could yeah. visualise doing that. And that's so healing, for, you know. And when you feel ready to do it, it's pretty amazing that you feel you have you have the power to comfort that person. That's Yeah, that makes me feel emotional. Yeah, about I'm like. <laughs> understandable. And this is why it stuck with me, because when, when mum and I have talked about this and she talked about it as like a therapeutic technique, that if you're not used to therapy or you're not used to that way of thinking, you're like, what the hell's sounds going bonkers. on here? Yeah. I, it sounds bonkers. Yeah. But then you wait until you need this sort of thing and you talk to your little child and you actually ask them what they want and you do it mm. you take them on a walk you give them a little hug you play loads of pokemon yeah, and then you're like play loads of pokemon yeah and then you're like i feel so much better <laughs> you know yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. really and helps. taking them out to do things is so brilliant i mean going out to look mm. at the lights at christmas or the the christmas decorations or taking them out to buy one and you quite often come back with something that you wouldn't choose now in a million years but you mm. had to get it because this little yeah. person told mm. you to. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> it's so lovely, I, yeah. This is terrible now. I'm going to walk into Toys R Us and I'll be it's like figurative <laughs> pulling at my, at my I'm like I can't move anywhere. Like the, my inner self will be like that that and that. The problem now well, is you that You do that already. <laughs> I do do that already. That is true. Yeah. That was bad. You, that you is bad. Do. This is this is why we can't live together anymore because whenever we go to the shop, yeah, I know I'm obsessed. It's, terrible. it's really oh. bad. Yeah. This blah, is why blah, blah. you can't see the background because I'm in his bedroom. Yeah, and it's, it's filled with toys. Zerg There's is right behind me. Emperor Zerg, that's true. Thunderbird One, awesome. You name it, it's all in there. Yeah, yeah. and now it's it's and now my room is filled with books because I've let the older version of myself win. Uh, yeah, no. no, I actually I can't read, so this is all no, just can't. there for show. It's just it's just if I get if I if BBC News asks me for an interview, I'm like, right, I've got the perfect background. Yeah, I'll look I really look, studious. I look so intelligent. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It will happen one day. I'm serious. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So moving on. Yeah. In terms of moving on, is it bad if you do it early? See other people early? Is it fine? Like, is it much better to do it later? Is there any hard and fast rules? I feel like my two cents here would be do whatever feels right because it's mm. going to feel different for every single person. Mm. And mm. also we can't control who comes into our lives at what point. So, mm. you know, like you might then come across someone that you're going to connect with in the most fantastic way. And like, mm. why would you give that up? Because you're like, ah, this is too soon. I didn't think that I would meet someone this soon. Mm. Like, no, take that experience. Don't like limit yourself to having these connections. And I think it's so different for everyone. Like some people could be single for years after a bad breakup. Some mm. people maybe for a month, you know, and I think whatever your journey is and whatever feels right deep down for you is what's right. And I think you always know deep down what is right. Mm. I think I started dating whilst I was out in America for a bit and kind of deep down I was like, I shouldn't really be doing this yet. Mm. And then I ultimately before, like a month before I left was like, you know, I'm I'm actually just going to be by myself for a bit because I don't want to give myself or my energy to anyone Mm. else. And, um, that was so valuable, like listening to that real deep down feeling. Mm. And then now I've closed that circle. I feel like I can open myself up to people in a different way, but you always know, I think Mm. you always know if you're open or not. If you, if you ask far enough down the ladder. And I think that's what's resonated with me today is because I think if I reflect on like previous breakups of mine, I've always felt guilty because quite soon afterwards, I'm like, oh, I really want to see someone again. Yeah, I want, I want to go and date people. But you, there's a guilt with that because you're like, well, you're mm. not really supposed to. But also I think the truth is, and this is why, again, I wish I'd taken a leaf out of your book and asked myself why and gone down that letter because realistically, I think it's just because I was like, I'm lonely and I want someone to tell me they like me. Which, right, yeah. And, and, and I, But also at the same time, I want to give myself someone because it's really fun and enjoyable and it's really nice. But then you do it and then you go this isn't good in the long run. I'm not ready. Like you, the, yeah. the words you used there were perfectly like my, I'm not open yet. You know, if that yeah. makes sense, I'm still like a bit closed off. And it's only similarly once I've closed the loop, which in some cases was like years later when the loop was properly closed. And it's funny, literally the next person I meet, I'm like, Hey, and it, and it was open. And so, yeah. It, yeah, it's a really good point. I think that's kind of, it's a hard one, isn't it as well? Cause I think people do get into relationships when they're not totally ready. And that's, that's hard as well. And maybe that was the case for my relationship. And you can end up like hurting people. Mm. But I don't know. That In mm. that case, I'm like, if, if you deep down feel like you're not open, should you be getting into a relationship? But, but I, 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 I kind of, I'm curious too, why not? Because in some ways, you, you, mm. you maybe you have to go through that thing of saying this isn't right yet so that you know so that you can actually move on because unless you have that and you think okay I need a bit of grief probably you've Mm -hmm. been trying not to do the grief and trying to just keep going and keep going and not not have any hurt or pain and then you suddenly go yes Mm. this hurts and then you can do it yeah yeah and I think it was interesting when Dig said oh well you know you're not supposed to do that and everything in Mm. every part of me was screaming why not 
<laughs> well, no, I, no, I agree. I agree. I, I, I know that, but yeah. I think I, it's just this. This is. I think it's the narrative, isn't it? It's sort of like, well, if if the relationship really meant something to you, you wouldn't try and get with people within a week. Yes, it is the narrative. But whose silly narrative is it? Oh, don't get me wrong, Mum. I know about it, but it doesn't mean it still doesn't <laughs> bite at my head. You know, at the back of yeah. my brain, trying to, you know, pecks away like mad, doesn't it? All the things you've yeah. ever heard, they're yeah. all coming back at you. Mm-hmm. And also, people actually do say them. They actually do say, well, you can't do that. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and you know that the the people who's the judgment, people judge without having any experience of it themselves. So, the people I mean, in the relationships that are doing the judging as well. Those dickheads. <laughs> I know. <laughs> don't you think I'm already annoyed at you for being in a relationship and I'm not? Like, don't then give me that. But what gets me is when people say, "Well, if my partner was unfaithful, they would see the door." Or something like that. Mm. And then when it actually mm. happens, you think, well, I don't, don't want to throw them out. And, uh, or, yeah. Or, yeah. or you say, oh, no, I'd give it a second chance. I'd be understanding. And then when it actually comes to it, you just think, right, get out. I never want to see mm. you again. And either way, yeah. you don't know. There's no template for these things. But you've told your friends that's what you do. Or, or you yeah. know what their judgment will be. So you're pushed into doing something that you don't actually want. And then there's no chance mm. to actually sort out for either party whether this relationship can still work, what can happen, because you're just mm. governed by all these oughts. That is so true. And I think that's what can be quite toxic about these situations is that you do get so much input from everyone yeah. else that sometimes yeah. you forget what you feel deep down inside so you Mm. always have to go back to yourself Mm. because if someone says something to you and it doesn't quite feel right then ask why exactly yeah yeah exactly yes indeed yeah you're absolutely right and i think in my case there was i think i had to see these people to be like oh okay i can't do this i actually like and and i'm putting them in a way some of them were through pain because they were like oh i like like to and this was the thing that and then I was like oh, I can't I'm sorry yeah but that's where the problem is then I feel like if I was a good person because I'm putting them through something it's I'm I'm learning but they have to feel pain for me to learn which is that is that ethical is that okay they're learning too from <laughs> yeah. the experience yes yeah. I guess that's true they're learning not to get with dickheads <laughs> <laughs> they're learning not to get with anyone that isn't ready for a relationship yet. yeah yeah that's true but managing it is is really important and these are re- relatively brief relationships aren't they so it's quite good practice for a big one apart from anything else but you also grow mm. through every relationship you have and if you yeah, think you of do. yourself as a human being and allow yourself to be a human being and be curious about what sort of human being you are and monitor your growth then that's so much more useful than saying am I being a good person and trying to meet some arbitrary kind of rules that you've heard somewhere along the way yeah yeah let yourself be yourself just go with the flow okay good because i feel a lot better now guys thank you very much that's what this was really all for i'm not gonna lie self-therapy that's why we do this right that's what we're here for it but but i mean it's but people think of relationships ending as a as failure when i'm always saying this but relationships are a form of self-development if you've grown enough to want to move on or to need to move on because you need something different now that's been a successful relationship that's been a really successful Mm. relationship and you shouldn't look back on it as a failure you should be full of joy and at some point they could be friends again because they've moved on so much more many years down the line yeah but we're too disneyfied we just believe in forever and the one and it's all nonsense it is all nonsense that's so true Mm. 
Uh, that that was what really bugged me. I think, like with the failure thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I just sorry. I'm, I just need to quickly wipe the tears away from my cheeks. One second. Um, I do apologise about that. Sorry. What were you saying? That the one doesn't exist and that loves nothing. <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. We need to stop believing in long term forever relationships and start mm. being there for the relationships that are there in the present. My new like mantra was commit to the present and not future. Yeah, and the present might last mm. forever. I mean, I think recommitting exactly. every single day is is the way forward. Not just <laughs> thinking, I need an assurance from you. And I think that's what you're saying, really. Yes. That's what you were looking for. And now you can live without it. You'll never have that hurt again because you know you yeah. can look after yourself. You know you've fallen in love with you. Yeah. The present might last forever has blown my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. That was the most incredible thing anyone's ever said. (laughs) And you just, you trawled it out as if it was nothing. And I'm I'm having to pick pieces of my brain off the floor. That was incredible. That was amazing. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. But that's, and and that works so well with your new mantra. I love it. That's great. Yeah. Commit to the present. Wow. What a way to end. Because I was worried we were going to end on love isn't real. You know, that, that vibe. Um, love is the, so real. Love is real. The one is not real. Nice. Yes. Um, I guess this is our form of breaking up with you, Florence, oh, at the end damn. of this podcast. Yeah, I know. It was a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Um, but honestly, thank you so much for coming on and being so open and honest as well with us. Thank you so much. It's been great. Thank yeah. you for having me. This has been so fun. Yeah, it's been lovely. Thank you so much, Florence. Thank you, Mum. And everyone else, thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you next time for Real Sex Education. Bye. You've been listening to The Real Sex Education, which is hosted by Diggory Waite and Kate Campbell. The show is produced by Diggory Waite, and the executive producer is Claire Broughton. The Real Sex Education is a hat-trick podcast. This podcast is based on the real-life relationship between Diggory Waite and his mother, accredited sex therapist Kate Campbell. The show is therefore inspired by, but otherwise unrelated to, the TV show Sex Education. But yes, Diggory does wish his mother was played by Gillian Anderson. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 